fitted through the wire, man. Too much stuff on my heart right now, man. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Destination Debbie Waiver Wire Show for week six. I'm your host, Ike. Follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. And all, as always, I got to mention that I am one half of the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, dropping every Thursday on the channel. Please be sure to check that out. Before I get into week six pickups, got to talk about injuries and a brief recap from what we saw in week five regarding some of the pickups that we suggested last week. So with regards to injuries, <sighs> Justin Jefferson, man, Justin Jefferson, the dreaded hamstring injury, the dreaded hamstring injury. He left the game against the Chiefs. I think I think it was a little bit later in the game that he left. But nonetheless, there was a report that came back saying that he's not going to be rushed back and he's not going to play until he's 100 percent, which I totally get. They, you know, Minnesota, they missed a boat on getting him you know, an extension. And I, th- I believe that was done because of the uncertainty at quarterback. So he, he was going to go ahead and wait until after the season. But in any event, there's probably no incentive to, to rush him back, which I totally understand. They're one in four. It, it appears like they're not going to have much to play for. So prepare for a multi-week absence for Justin Jefferson as he's not going to be rushed. Next, we got Anthony Richardson. He's on this injury report again, shoulder injury. This time it's an AC joint sprain, grade three. So the Colts are right now, they're debating on whether or not to put him on IR. But either way, that's a, that, that's a blow, and he's going to miss at least poten- potentially between four to six weeks if they go ahead and pull the trigger on that. And so, you know, fortunately for, for fantasy managers, you know, Anthony Richardson had, you know, some, uh, some pretty decent, some pretty decent games, but he'll be out for the next month or so. So obviously Gardner Minshew is the guy to, to get in that offense. But the, this one actually just popped up today. Uh, Devon Chan has a knee injury that he suffered, I think, late in the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter of that Dolphins-Giants game. You know, Coach Mike McDaniel said, Nothing else beyond he's dealing with a knee injury and he's going to be evaluated. Don't know what that looks like. A lot of speculation that he may miss a game, maybe not miss any time at all. It's up in the air, so we'll see how this, this week goes in terms of practice participation. And then in that same game, the quarterback for the Giants, Daniel Jones, who has been just taking an ass whooping all season long. That offensive line has not, it's not really helped him. He's been you know, sacked 16 times over the last two games. He has a neck injury. Not sure of the severity of it, but as, as with A-Chan, H- we'll see what the practice participation looks like throughout the week and to see if he's good to go for, uh, for, for the next game. And then just a couple more to round it out. James Conner hurt his knee. Cardinals running back. Coach Jonathan Gannon came out today and said that he twisted his knee. And so there's not a, not a, ton, not a ton here. Don't know how much time he's going to miss, or if any at all. Tank Dell, Texans wide receiver, less left, left the game at halftime due to concussion. He was actually off to a pretty, pretty good start, had 57 yards on three catches. So it seemed like he was, you know, headed for, for one of those big games. But unfortunately, uh, you know, we were, we were robbed of that. So hopefully Tank Dell can uh, potentially clear the protocol, which, you know, his, the likelihood of that happening is, is very, very low, given how NFL has been treating concussions this year, if you sustain a concussion during during a game, chances are you're not going to play the following week. So that it appears that Tank Dell may miss this week. And then lastly, we got Travis Kelsey. 
he had a high ankle sprain. It looked pretty bad from the, um, you know, from the from the broadcast when we when we first initially saw it. But he came back to the game, scored a touchdown, taped that thing up real good. And so today, I know they have they have a short week. They have the the, the Denver Broncos on Thursday night, and practice estimate you know, estimates today suggest that he was a DNP. And so we'll see how and if he'll be ready for Thursday. I would I would bank on these probably not going to play, but we'll see. We will see. All right, so that rounds out injuries. Let's briefly recap week five pickups, hits and misses. The first one, Sam Howell, quarterback for the Commanders, was a pretty good option from a streaming standpoint last week against the Bears. We, you know, the, the, the Bears have been pretty bad on defense. He had 388 yards and two touchdowns and finished as the QB5. And they were in a surprisingly negative game script, which which is pretty odd considering the fact that they were favored by six points at home. And so they got behind pretty early, and it was what you wanted from a fantasy standpoint. So Sam Howell cooked, and uh, this upcoming week he has he has the Falcons, which is you know a, a middle middle of the pack matchup, but a beatable. You know they're they're pretty beatable. And then on the other side, the flip side of that, Josh Dobbs, Cardinals quarterback, did not have a good showing against the Bengals. Two interceptions, had a sack fumble, at a pick six. Now I know that the injury to James Conner didn't help matters. Didn't help matters much. He was forced to do a lot more than he was doing um, pre- in, pre- in previous games. Um, and then in that, conversely, in that same game, Michael Wilson, you know, Cardinals wide receiver, he was a, a hot waiver ad after last week. But he only saw, saw two targets, and both of them came on the final drive. It was just a bizarre game. He just wasn't targeted at all, and you know, one catch, eighteen yards. And so that that we'll just we'll just give that a mulligan. That that was a, a pretty odd odd game from a char- target distribution standpoint. And then Stafford, Matthew Stafford for the for the Rams, he was the QB 14 on the week against the Eagles, so that's, you know, that's streamworthy, decent decent production if you if you if you were in a pinch. Um the Rams didn't have the ball that much in that game. The Eagles, they just kind of sat on they just kind of sat on the ball, sat on the clock, kept getting first downs. And, you know, that's kind of kind of been their theme. They they just play keep away. They they run a slow methodical offense. And they continue to, to to pound teams into submission, and the 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 other team's offense is just is not is not able to get that many plays. They didn't really run their their normal allotment of plays. They're pretty an up tempo team. And they weren't able to do that much. So Stafford QB fourteen, and a couple more. Uh, Jalil McLaughlin, the the top running back waiver ad last week, he had seventeen fantasy points, nine carries, sixty eight yards, three catches, twenty one yards, and a touchdown. So he got more opportunities than Samaj P Ryan. Despite playing less snaps, but you know he ran ten routes, saw four targets, and he's you know so far through the you know so far through the year he's PFF's sixth highest graded rusher. So Jalil McLaughlin he's earned himself uh, you know a a role in that offense even after you know even after the potential return of Javante Williams. So Jalil McLaughlin he he cooked uh, Chuba Hubbard middling day. He did outsnap Miles Sanders again, had more carries, had more targets, and he's basically been more efficient overall as a runner than Miles Sanders. Um, he has a touchdown or a first down on 37% of his carries, and Miles Sanders in that same metric is only at 14.8%. So as the season progresses, I think we potentially may see Chupa Hubbard out, you know, out touch, out target, and out snap Miles Sanders as the season goes on. And then also Tajay Spears for the Titans. He was another another good. Uh, he had a good showing. Fifteen fantasy points. 
He's played now, you know, we were five games in. He's played 50 plus percent of the snaps in four or five games. So again, he's getting more opportunities as as the as the you know the, the as the season progresses. And with regards to Chuba and Tajay Spears, they're PFF's ninth and tenth highest graded rushers on the season. So they've been pretty good. And then tight ends, we had John Smith and Logan Thomas. They're both tight end ones. John Smith had six for sixty-seven on seven targets. And Logan Thomas had nine for catches for 77 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. So both of them are still pretty involved. On the Atlanta side, I know Kyle Pitts reemerged, to much to a lot of people's surprise based on how things were going. But Jonathan Smith is still able to carve out a role there. So I think he's firmly um, entrenched in that lineup as, as, a, as a target earner. Now let's go ahead and get into week six pickups. A couple of quarterbacks I want to t- you know, highlight really quick. Obviously, we briefly touched on Gardner Minshew. Only if you have to. I wouldn't recommend him in, in one quarterback leagues because I'm sure there's other options on the wire. But this is more so a super flex, a super flex play. The quarterback schedule for the Colts isn't really favorable over the next six weeks or so. They have Jacksonville. They have Cleveland, New Orleans, and Carolina before their bye week. So those aren't great matchups for, for passers in general. But I will say that Gardner Minshew did play, a little, did play, play pretty well against the Titans. 11 of 14 for 155 yards um, in relief of uh, Anthony Richardson after he went out. So th- there's, there's a positive there, but again, not, not the greatest matchups, but it's, it's more so a super flex play. And then we have Baker Mayfield, fresh off of a bye, only 22% roster on sleeper. La- uh, before the bye week, they, he finished as the QB7 and against the Saints in a tough matchup who they just you know, blew the doors off of, off of the Patriots on the road. And Baker Mayfield has 16 plus fantasy points in three of the last four games, or three of four games to start off 2023. So he has Detroit and he has Atlanta over the next two weeks. Those are pretty decent matchups for quarterbacks. So I would I would consider Baker Mayfield as a decent streaming option. And then I have an honorable mention, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Desmond Ritter liked what I saw from him this past week. And he he shined and he excelled in a pretty tough matchup because the Texans Defense, especially their pass defense, has been pretty pretty good so far this year. And Desmond Ritter had over 300 yards. He had a touchdown pass, and he even had a, a, you know a rush you know, a, a rushing touchdown on the ground. So I think Desmond Ritter versus the the Commanders this week in Week Six, this upcoming week in Week Six, is a pretty decent option because the Commanders they've been abysmal versus quarterbacks to start off 2023. We've already seen the QB one, the QB eight, the QB three, and the QB six on the week go up against Washington. So I would fire Desmond Ritter up as a, as a decent streaming option. Now on to running backs. Couple here. First one with the news of De- Devon Achan having a knee injury. And obviously we don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know what the severity of it is. The 21-day practice window has opened for one Jeff Wilson, who's only 22% rostered on sleeper. I, he's worth a pickup. And I, I, say this, I say this a lot. Going to be saying this. Going to be a recurring theme. You want pieces of good offense. He's he's in the Miami offense, who's basically set records for for yardage output over like the first five games in NFL history. And so you want a guy on that offense that could definitely you know carve out a, a huge role there. And so we'll 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 continue to monitor uh, HN's health, but Jeff Wilson is worth a stash. Next we have Arizona running back Amari DiMarcado and perhaps Keontae Ingram, depending on the severity of his neck injury. But uh, DiMarcado. He was the primary back after James Conner got hurt. 
He had 10 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Saw a couple of targets. Um, like I mentioned, Keontae Ingram, he is the other back, has a neck injury, has missed the last two weeks. So we'll have to see if if he comes back limited in any capacity. But Dean Mercado is most certainly the priority add in this backfield. And that's just a couple more. Deontay Foreman, the Bears, Bears running back, hasn't played a ton this year. Only five total touches or total snaps, I believe. Very, very, very minimal playing time. Because the Bears on Thursday night, they lost multiple running backs. They lost Roshan Johnson due to concussion, Khalil Harbert to an ankle sprain, and then Travis Homer, the other running back, has a hamstring injury. And so Deontay Foreman is worth a pickup, and we've seen him play well in spot starts. And so this will be a multi-week thing since we know that Khalil Harbert is going to miss time based on reports that came out right after the, the injury occurred. But And then the Bears, they also did sign Darian, Darrington Evans from the Dolphins practice squad. He may, figure, he may figure in or factor in third downs and, you know, third downs and two-minute drill situations, but that remains to be seen. Deontay Foreman is the priority add here in that Chicago backfield, assuming that, you know, Roshan Johnson, who's still not widely owned as well, I think he's still less than 50% owned and rostered in leagues, makes it back from his concussion. And then just one, one, one more stash or just kind of a reminder Kendra Miller, he is the number, he is the undisputed number two running back in that Saints backfield behind Alvin Kamara. They did just wave Tony Jones before the before Sunday's game against the Patriots. Kendra Miller looked pretty good. I know it was a blowout. I know that the game script allowed him to to get some more opportunities. He had 13 fantasy points. Um, but the the most notable thing was that in he was he caught four passes for 53 yards in the receiving game. And a couple of his big plays happened in the second quarter when the game was still not totally out of hand, but you know, not not necessarily at at the at the stage of of a typical blowout. So Kendrick Miller definitely have to stash him moving forward because I know Jamal Williams is coming off of IR soon over the next couple of weeks. But he's we we've seen we've seen Jamal Williams. We know what he is at this point. It's Kendrick Miller and, and uh, Alvin Kamara in that backfield. So you know, Alvin Kamara has a lot of mileage on his tires. Has a lot of mileage. So if Kendrick Miller, he could potentially carve out a, a bigger role later in the season, or he may be relied upon later in the season, depending on you know if that usage gets to gets to Kamara and Jamal Williams continues to show that he's ineffective. All right, so on to wide receivers. Got a little bit of a lengthy list this week, but I'll try to I'll try to rapid fire it as fast as I can. First, Rasheed Rice, wide receiver for the Chiefs. They're, they they have a weird rotation over there in in, in Kansas City, and Rasheed Rice doesn't play a ton of snaps. But he seem, he's seemingly like the, the, the lone bright spot in that receiving room. Last week against the Vikings, he was the Chiefs' highest-graded offensive player at 84.3. And that was over Patrick Mahomes, which was surprising to see. He had four catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. And, you know, he's, he, he, he's obviously been, the, you know, the, the, the best wide receiver in Kansas City. 40, 48% rostered on sleeper, 23% on ESPN. So there's, he's still, he still needs to be on more rosters. I think as the season goes on, he's going to be the guy that, that Patrick Mahomes relies on in that receiving core to, to make plays. And so far, he's been paying dividends, has a couple of touchdowns you know, so far this year. So I, I look for that trend uh, to continue. Next guy is Trenton Irwin, wide receiver for the Bengals. I know, I know this is a weird one. It's an, it's an odd name. It's pretty unorthodox. But the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a bye in week seven. And we know T. Higgins missed the game on Sunday due to his rib injury. I don't feel like they have any incentive to, to, to put T. Higgins out there 
before the bye. And a rib, you know, rib injuries may take a little time to, to heal. But Trent Irwin was very productive. He was the second most targeted Bengal behind Jamar Chase, who just absolutely exploded for over 190 yards and three touchdowns. But Trent Irwin himself saw 10 targets, eight catches, 60 yards. That was a that was a pretty good showing from him. Pretty good showing. He's he's going to be the slot receiver. Bengals have one more. Like I said, the Bengals have one more game, for, and then it's 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 for Seattle uh, versus Seattle. Pretty decent matchup for them. And then their bye week. So I, I think this is just kind of like a one week, a one week type situation for Trenton Irwin, because I believe T. Higgins should probably be back after the after the bye in week eight. But so Trenton Irwin not owned in, in any of these major platforms and rostered in, ma- in any of these platforms. So pick him up. He's a good he's a, he, he'll be a good solid option for uh, for your flex. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. 27% rostered on Sleeper and 14.7% on ESPN. Uh, he's turning in back-to-back 18-point outings in PPR leagues and has at, had at least six catches and 50 yards in both of those games. So he's starting to earn more of a role in that offense. And it, it's, it's appearing like he has supplanted Jahan Dotson as that number two wide receiver behind Terry McLaurin. And that's another you know, dynamic, another thing to, to, to monitor uh, moving forward so but next week they have they have the falcons and so it's going to be it, it's going to be a, a pretty a pretty decent matchup especially if they're going to be moving him all around and he's going to be getting targets close to the line of scrimmage some towards the middle of the field so fire fire up curtis samuel in your flex spots kj osborne next vikings wide receiver only rostered in 21.6 percent in espn leagues and 16 percent on sleeper he saw five catches he saw nine targets and turned that into five catches for 49 yards now, Justin Jefferson's injury, anticipating a multi-week absence, if that's the case. K.J. Osborne, he's already playing a lot. He's already running a lot of routes. The opportunities are just going to increase, and then ultimately the productions will, will ultimately increase. Him alongside Jordan Addison, they're going to be the, the, the Vikings' primary receivers while Justin Jefferson gets healthy. And then Robert Woods for the Texans, he's only 31% rostered on sleeper and 22.6 on ESPN. He already, he already plays a lot in that Texans wide receiver rotation. Saw nine targets, but only three catches for 30 yards. You know, it was a, it was a pretty weird game for the, for the Texans. A lot of their wide receivers weren't able to, to make plays out of the field. Outside of Tank Dale in the first half, but he, he, left, he left due to that concussion. So again, like I said, already plays a lot. His role is pretty safe. He's just going to have more opportunities and more targets should Tank Dale miss time with that concussion, which does seem likely. And just as a reminder, a reminder to make sure this guy is on your roster, Josh Downs. Josh Downs had a pretty good game, wide receiver for the Colts. Six catches, 97 yards against the Titans. And the fun, the, you know, a fun fact is that he's had at least six catches in each game where, where Gardner Minshew has played significant snaps. And he's still only rostered in less than 10% of leagues across the board. And so this guy could definitely carve out a role, especially over the next you know, six, you know, four to six games next month and month and a half. He is a solid option underneath, and he'll he'll continue to get a lot of those sn- those slot snaps and those, those you know, a lot of those short area targets. All right, so that rounds out wide receivers. And lastly, I just have one tight end pickup for today, and it's uh, a tight end that's currently not. It's 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 a, it's a tight end that's currently on IR, and it's Greg Dolchich, tight end for the Broncos. Now I know what you're thinking. Why would you want a Broncos tight end? Because the Broncos tight ends prior to week five has given us absolutely nothing. The starting tight end, Adam Troutman, 
he did have a, a pretty decent game from a tight end perspective. Four catches, 26 yards, and a touchdown in week five. But the prior three games, zero catches and only four total targets. So they weren't even using the tight end at all over the, over the last you know, three weeks or so. So once he gets back, I believe he's eligible to come off of IR within the next couple of weeks. So I would pick him up as a stash now. And once he comes off of IR, I mean, we've seen what Greg Dolchich can do, what he's capable of. I think he had a 17% target share last year, and he was, he was racking up air yards, and he had he averaged 40-plus yards per game as a rookie, which is, which is in pretty, pretty elite territory. And so Greg Dolchich is, is, a, is, a, is a stash um, as of right now. And you know the, the two guys that I mentioned last week, John Smith and Logan Thomas, they're still not widely rostered across all the major platforms. So if you didn't have a, if you didn't pick them up last week, you should definitely pick them up this week because they are definitely going to factor in their teams' respective passing games moving forward. All right. So just to recap, quarterbacks Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, and as an honorable mention, Desmond Ritter has a pretty good matchup against Washington this week. Running backs Jeff Wilson, Amari DiMercato, and depending on the severity of the neck injury, Dante Ingram. Both Cardinals running backs. Bears running back Deontay Foreman, and then just a reminder or a stash of Kendra Miller, running back for the Saints. He is the number two behind Kamara. Wide receivers Rasheed Rice, Trenton Irwin, Curtis Samuel, KJ Osborne, Robert Woods, and make sure Josh Downs is rostered. And then finally, we got Greg Dulcich, and then we have John Smith and Logan Thomas, like we mentioned last week. Just make sure they are on your rosters. All right, people, that's all I got for y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Please remember to you know turn the bottom of those rosters, go through the wire as as best you can. It's not really a heavy bye week. It's not really heavy heavy on bye weeks in week six, and so you'll have more players playing, more opportunities. But yeah, this is this is the time of the year. We're we're approaching the halfway point of the season. So good luck to you guys in week six. Now I'll holla at y'all. Peace out.